You are listening to Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda. Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and Happy New Year. So excited to be back with you all and back off of our brief hiatus for the holidays. So much going on, so much we want to talk to you about, but I decided to start with a bit of fun. So we're going to start with some gossip and and the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City with my podcast bestie and fellow lawyer, Missy. And then I'll do another episode with the more serious stuff next because we're going to talk about uh, Ghislaine, uh, I'm sorry, Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell and Elizabeth, um, gosh, why did her last name just go out of my head? Home. Yes, I was going to say Thorne, Elizabeth uh, Thorne, <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes, uh, and Theranos. Just uh, just some really interesting stuff that happened there. So it's pretty funny that we're going to be talking about women, some of whom uh, being charged with crimes, even in our fun show. But um, I'm going to leave that for another show. But again, it is 2022. Missy, you are here. Yay! Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Gotta give me your applause, girl. <laughs> I'm taking a bow. I'm taking a curtsy and a bow. Thank you, Ex- thank you. Exactly. We can't leave the applause in 2021. That's that's at least one decent thing we're going to bring with us into 2022 because there's a lot of stuff we're going to leave in 2021. Without a doubt. Uh, there's stuff that some of these women probably want to leave in 2021. I'm, I'm sure uh, Jen Shaw would probably like to leave her indictment in 2021. That's not going to happen, though. She'd probably want to leave it under seal in 2017, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right about that. Okay, so we have two shows to talk about because we had... Uh, what I thought was a really good one to me, uh, probably even better than episode 15, because in episode 14, we had the whole faux luncheon, but um, it works out because we, you know, getting into the holidays and everything, we didn't have an opportunity to get together to do that one. Life happens, but um, it works out because again, until we really got to the end of episode 15, which I think even in watching it, you were like, okay, let's get to the party. Let's get to the party. There was some stuff that happened in between, but really it all culminated in the party, which um, uh, uh, Melissa, I think think you might have to go on mute because I'm getting an echo. echo. Yeah. Um, It jumped off of, the um the, most of what happened at the party uh was the faux lunch kind of was the springboard into that but 
So we'll get into all of that with the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in a few moments. But we've got some Bravo gossip, not a whole lot, but a couple of Bravo gossip items. And then uh, to go to another network, but still dealing with women on shows that we used to love, um, we also have a bit of Mob Wives gossip. So first, we're going to go to the Real Housewives of Miami. Now, as we know, this show has been airing on Peacock, but um, I think they've been like showing the episodes maybe like two or three weeks after the fact on Bravo, like at off random times they they've given peacock an opportunity to have them for like two or three weeks in advance because i know when i saw it i saw it on bravo but um so we have real housewives of miami and it looks like uh two of the ogs are the ones who have the most going on off the show as well so first we're going to start with larsa pippen and her long suffering, maybe, maybe not, are they together, are they not, whatever the hell they have going on, divorce uh, with her husband, famed NBA player, multiple ring holder. And I think at this point, probably Hall of Famer, right? Isn't Scotty Pippen a Hall of Famer? I think so. Yeah, I would I think so. Yeah, so uh, Scotty Pippen, well, they have finally divorced. And uh, like I said, long suffering, because apparently this divorce, as as many of us are probably aware, was filed in 2018. But then they sort of got back together. They had they had some weird moments where they were kind of together. But Larsa was pretty much making clear that she was for the streets. Now, we know that Scotty is no angel either. I mean, we're, we're not going to play those games. It's just that he uh kept his more so on the down low and and i mean let's face it is it as sexy or interesting to watch what scotty pippen is doing not that he isn't like a hall of fame or whatever but it's not like he's hot or something no definitely not yeah so um i mean and he's definitely been out there because you know there's been various basketball documentaries and all of that and so and he always manages to be out there. And I think he coaches too, if I'm not mistaken. So Scotty's very much in the mix. He's still making the big bucks and all of that. But Larsa, who is no spring chicken, I want to say that Larsa's late 40s, she might not be 50 yet, but well into her 40s, decided that she was going to be a Kardashian and has pretty much not let up on that right down to allegedly you know dating the same dudes that they were messing with like wasn't there like some rapper nonsense there was a little rumor about french montana and then of course we know there's the whole allegation that she was with resident community d and Chloe's baby daddy, Tristan Thompson, before she, uh, before Chloe had her uh, run at him as well. Did I get that right? I and that's what I heard. Word on the streets. I mean, she is just really enjoying her forties, or something. For many women would like to. Yeah. And allegedly she, according to her, now obviously I haven't seen any check stubs, but according to her, 
on top of all of the stuff that we that we see like readily available to the public in her uh, side hustle, although her side hustle is far greater than most people's main job, if there's any truth to what she's claiming. But she uh, at least told her co-stars that her OnlyFans brings in, I think, what did she tell them? Something like $10,000 a week or $10,000 a day. I almost feel like she said something crazy like $10,000 a day, which is why people were kind of side eyeing it. I could see it being uh, that it it certainly being possible that it's 10,000 a week. I, I give 10,000 a day the side eye, if for no other reason than just the way the payments are structured on, on the site. Um, but at any rate, their divorce, uh, I'm sure she did very well because they did, uh, according to even page six, they did not have a prenup. So that's always a, a, a good sign. They were married, even at the point where the divorce was filed, they were married for 20 years because apparently they married in 98. And on top of all of that, which I didn't realize, I knew they had like three or four kids. Well, apparently they have four kids and at least two of them are still minors. In fact, one of their children is uh, even younger than my daughter. She's like, uh, the youngest is like maybe 13. So there's also child support stuff there as well as the fact that there was no prenup and she's on Bravo. Uh, her her only fans so larsa's gonna be sitting in high cotton for the foreseeable future unless she has the misfortune of giving all her money to somebody who ran away with it like nicole murphy i mean she's living the dream right isn't that what all of these women are striving for you know marry yeah, the money right? and then divorce it and still be chilling Without the man, I mean, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so she's definitely, that. that is definitely the case. So so we've got uh, Larsa sitting pretty, uh, new divorcee, although I think most people probably thought she was already divorced unless they watched the show, um, because of course on the show, she made clear that she wasn't. Now, another OG from that show, Alexia, and I'm not even going to try to say her last name because I, I just, you know, <laughs> try not to screw up people's names. But everybody knows who she is. She's one of the OGs on Miami as well because they have several new women. So Alexia, of course, is is doing well on the show. Now, she's the one, uh, Missy, that, and I know you know this, but who had the wacky story where she was married to the guy. Of course, like we said, she married the dream, right? Rich dude, married the guy. After the divorce, finds out he's gay. I'd suspect that she may have found out before the divorce that that has a very... Um, Chris Jenner, I didn't know the full extent to which um, Caitlyn wanted to transition type of vibe. Like, no one's buying it. <laughs> nope. No. I didn't buy it the first time when she was on the show, not buying it now. So that that had, you know, it had that kind of vibe to it. Um, by the way, do you have two speakers going at the same time? Is that why we're getting the echo? No, I've even switched my headphones. 
I don't have anything. Gosh, that's weird. And, and I'm checking. I hope it isn't me. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm going to try another set. Well, let me try another set of headphones. Okay. So in the meantime, oh, wait a minute. So I'll meet you. Okay. So in the meantime, uh, while Missy is doing that, we know tech difficulties happen sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, so Alexia, and then the, to make the matters crazy, so you had that with the husband, but then allegedly when her father died, she find, found out that he was gay. Like, so was this just something her and her mom were pretending they had going on? And I think she's supposed to be engaged to someone else. Now, technically the story isn't about her, but it's, I mean, her story is still pretty fascinating. So at any rate, her son, uh, I believe his name is Peter, has been arrested for, for a pretty serious, just flat out ugly case of domestic violence involving his girlfriend. And this was a really nasty situation um, in terms of the offense. I mean, allegations of like dragging the woman across the floor. Like it was, uh, this this was a pretty bad one. Multiple uh, uh, allegations of multiple punches and all kinds of stuff and and primarily because she wanted to uh she wanted to leave and um so these are all allegations sadly uh if true fit within the pattern that uh most who are educated about domestic violence know that uh the woman is most in danger when attempting to leave uh, missy you back i'm back can you hear me Oh, I could always hear you. The issue was the echo on my end. So I think it's me. I'm going to try and take out my speakers, my earphones and see if that helps. Okay. Okay. How are we doing? Nope. Still the echo. So I don't think it's me. So we'll just have to, guys, just bear with us. What we'll have to do is Missy and I just be really careful about, um, well, wait a minute. I don't think the echo is as bad. Okay. Well, anyway, Missy and I'll just have to be a little more careful about um, her being on mute when I'm talking. And sometimes you'll just hear me pause a little bit to make sure that she knows the, <laughs> to chime in. And that's just the way this episode will be. And of course, uh, the next time we'll have all of that worked out. So uh, we're probably just dealing with... Uh, my earphones and her earphones or something being incompatible at any rate so next well first i'm gonna uh go to you on the story about um alexia's son but which is pretty sad but even before i got to that the whole thing with her and her mother allegedly not knowing about their husbands and i know it's old news but of course when you talk about her it just it, it always comes up I'm shooting to you, Missy. <laughs> You're talking about, um, is this the one with the son where he, this is from years ago. Is this the same son that was having altercations with homeless people? Is this I, you know what? I'm not sure. His name is Peter. Okay. 
Yeah, well, it, it, it wouldn't be surprising. I mean, if you're having altercations with homeless people and now there's allegations of domestic violence, it, it, it wouldn't be uh, it, it wouldn't be out of character. So, um, but at any rate, so next, talk about a blast from the past. And I did not have a chance to talk to you about this earlier because I was so excited about this story. And I don't, not excited in a good way, but just couldn't wait to talk about it because you and I uh, loved this show when it came on. And I had even heard, you know, little banter here and there about the possibility of it coming back, which I feel like there's always room for uh, this show. But uh, Mob Wives, which is a VH1 show, but it still fits in with the craziness that we're talking about. Um, Renee Graziano, Missy, did you hear that Renee, still up to her usual antics, uh, thankfully nobody was hurt, so we can you know talk about it and not feel bad. Um, Renee is up to her usual antics out in these streets and was picked up on suspicion of driving while impaired or driving under the influence, uh, I believe. I, I got the story yesterday, so it probably happened maybe the day before yesterday. I mean, her life- Today is Wednesday. I mean, I'm sorry. Today is Thursday, January 6th, by the way, folks. Okay, go ahead. Her life is a little sad and tragic. So people cope with their pain and their hurt and their- isolation I'm sure having some notoriety without a show like having the fame without yep. a platform probably doesn't help either it's a little sad and remember Renee always um she always wanted the notoriety right like that whole just I'm connected to the mob thing so with or without a show that is always that um, personality and bravado that she wanted to live. And you could tell even on the show that all of her antics, well, I mean, obviously that everybody amps it up for the show, for television, but all of Renee's antics sadly wasn't, they weren't just about television. This is who she truly wanted to be. She, it's, it's like she really didn't, never truly had a, a real identity. So that whole, I'm a part of the Graziano family. Um, my husband did this. My friend's husband did that. Having the beefs with people just because they're related to people that her relatives allegedly had beefs with. Like, like all of that sadly is very much a part of who she was and I don't, or who she is. And I don't think that that's just about the show. That's Renee. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy. By the way, I did look up the guy, Peter, right. And I am right. Like in 2012, he was filming himself assaulting homeless people and got okay. in trouble. Okay. So he's on brand. He's on brand for whatever brand that is, by the way. But yeah, Renee always um, struck me as being very tragic. And when I would watch that show, I just saw a lot of trauma from her. Um, 
And even though like she has the fame or whatever, I'm, you know, apparently she's still suffering. Yeah. And um, you combine the mental issues because there's, you know, definitely some stuff. I, I, I kind of feel like given how Renee is, if she was born a boy, because I feel like she would have preferred to be a son. If she was born a boy, she would have gone out of her way to try to be a part of this, of that, as she always said, that this life and and be in and out of trouble or in and out of jail and of course her emulating that and with and marrying into that and then remember the whole thing with the husband so again just like uh peter that we talked about this is on brand uh for her and this was i mean again talking about it and not being like oh you know poor renee too other than just her overall just being a sad human um this was a pretty uh serious accident if you uh see the photos of it the um she walked away from it probably because of maybe whatever she was on that might have helped um, she hit a parked car. So this, she was arrested in Staten Island. She hit a parked car, uh, a parked SUV. And when you see the photos, the, uh, the airbags deployed and the, her vehicle is upside down. There's a vehicle that's upside down. I doubt it's the SUV because how would you like hit an SUV and then knock that upside down? So I'm going to assume the vehicle that flipped was hers because then, you know, she clipped it. But, well, um, armchair psychologist, which probably isn't a fair thing because I'm a lawyer, but <laughs> well, don't we end I, up doing I, that anyway with our clients all the time? But I just feel like in that world, which is a very male testosterone driven world, yep, a lot yep. of the women, what they're bringing to the table is their sexuality, whether you know, and, and that's their currency. Unfortunately, mm. if your sexuality and beauty, if that's your only currency, you know, you get to a certain age and it is not what it is anymore. It's just not. People don't want to take care of you, you know, because you're cute or whatever. So she's not the only one who has to deal with that. I, I feel like it's a very common thing that I see over and over and over again as I get older. Um, and it's just very hard, but on the show, you know, that, that seemed to be like a lot of what she banked on. And sadly it, uh, it when you look at the pictures of Renee, she, um, I won't say that she wasn't attractive. I will just say her features were very hard and, um, I think she knew that it, it, we saw um, even, I think when the show was on, she was probably in her forties because her son was grown. Uh, we saw the struggles with the weight, uh, the extreme plastic surgery, even Big Anch, who uh, God rest her soul, who was also one of the characters, um, who was one of the characters on the show. Um, it was a whole, um, it, it was a whole thing. 
uh, with them and her and Ange in particular, because again, they weren't like the traditionally tiny ones like Drita. Um, they had like that harder, beefier look. Um, and so I think that with that beauteous currency piece and uh, in Renee's case, having the misfortune of being born a daughter instead of a son, uh, so wanting a place with her father that she kind of had, but it's still not as great as if you were a boy versus a girl in that world um, and her desire to be so much a part of that world. Um, yeah, there's there's a price that she clearly seemed to pay uh, mentally, um, physically, and we see it continuing. She told the police, because they could obviously see that she or they said that she was somewhat impaired, but she told uh, the police that she had had an Adderall earlier. Um, now you and I know that that doesn't usually lead to that situation. In fact, she should have been more alert. Right, super alert. <laughs> but, but we gonna roll with it anyway, girl, okay. So if she was smart, which if she already admitted to taking something, I don't know how smart she was, but if somewhere along the lines, her wits, uh, she had her wits about her or her wits uh, kicked in, other than that Adderall statement, she kept her mouth closed and refused to uh, provide blood so that they could see what was really in her system again now you're getting just john to the attorney don't do it <laughs> don't do it so it's a don't do it absolutely i'm preaching a word here folks uh you know uh taking that test is basically no different than giving up your right to remain silent remember any evidence can be used against you. So it's not just your um, verbal testimony, it's, it's your physical testimony as well, i.e. blood alcohol test, or in her case, um, a drug test, because she did say that she took a drug. So automatically they would be looking for a blood test to determine exactly what that drug was. And chances are, they they don't believe it was Adderall any more than we do, and we weren't even there. So that that's our our legal piece on that. Missy, you have anything uh, final on Renee? No, no, not at this time. No, neither on Renee <laughs> okay. or Peter. No. Yeah, so we'll be following uh, the story of Renee Graziano, and we'll we'll keep you informed as things come up. Um, speaking of mob wives, wasn't Drea De Matteo one of the mob wives? She sure was. Wait, no, wait. Well, what what was she on? Because we know Drea De Matteo. Wait, she was on. Uh, I think The Sopranos. Hold on. Oh yes. You're right. Sopranos. Sopranos. But there was a Drea. Her no, last it's name Drita. was Drita. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got Drita and Drea mixed up. Drita so Drita Devonzo. 
Yes, because Drita was always in the conflict uh, with the in the conflict with Karen about Lee. Yes, Drita Devonzo is her name. Okay, well, Drita, I guess, is doing fine. Is Drea? In fact, she was in a rap video not too long ago. Lord help her. But no, it was Drea. De, it was Drea De Mateo, and I. In fact, I think she was in a rap video with French Montana. But Drea De Mateo, even though I thought it was it was Mob Wives, it was The Sopranos. Just a side note, it's going to be in a movie on Lifetime but uh, next month. But now it doesn't matter because I thought it was Drea. So anyway, <laughs> now, big event. We are now to The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 2, Episode 14. So this is the one that came on right before Christmas. This is the What the Faux Brunch <laughs> By the way, I I had pho for the first time right after that. I had some chicken pho soup. It was freaking amazing. I'm dying for more, but now we're dealing with the snow, so I can't go to this amazing Vietnamese restaurant and get some. It's one of my favorites. I prefer the beef, though. I prefer the beef. But, well, I'm yes. going to try that. It was my first time, so, you know, I, I got what was suggested to me. <laughs> But amazing. I put the sriracha in there. It cleared up whatever ails me all up and through my nose. It was amazing. So before we get to the lunch, the peace lunch or whatever. Yeah, because there's there's stuff before that. There's a good amount before that. The the amount before the thing before that that I would just like to touch on is the lunch between Jen and Lisa. Girl. Where somehow Lisa becomes the victim and starts crying because she didn't call Jen when everything happened. Do you do you recall that? Uh, do I recall it? Yes. So it, it was that episode. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was part one of several parts in that episode and that's just in that episode because we've had them in every episode of lisa's um entry into the uh i am the biggest victim on the show contest because meredith enters that contest quite a bit as well but it was um this was one of several of lisa's entries into the contest because i guess by the end of the season maybe we can determine who won um yes absolutely this becomes all about her and for uh, there are several people who i watched who i enjoy who said, well, they totally get what Lisa was saying about how she couldn't respond right away because she was still dealing with her hurt. And for all of you, including Lisa, I'm going to give our first curse of this episode, bullshit. Not, and I think uh, Missy and I agree on this. Before I uh, elaborate more on that point, Lisa, are you with me on the bullshit? I'm 100%. I was shocked even watching it. And and like, even when you when she was talking, she was like, yeah, and my husband told me I needed to call you. Your, even your husband is calling you on your bullshit. Even your husband yeah. is. 
it was crazy. And it's, and so I'm going to just do, well, first of all, she showed up in her 1980s white ankle boots. And I don't care that everybody's into the white boots right now. I don't care that my daughter insisted on my mother getting her some white Doc Martens and my mom had to go all over the universe. And that was her favorite Christmas gift or whatever. I hate white boots. I grew up in the eighties. I'm traumatized by them. No white boots. And Lisa wore that absolute 80s ones where they're loose and open at the ankle all she needed was some acid wash jeans i know side rant makes me crazy anyway um this is one of many reasons why lisa's on some bullshit at least with this particular version of being a victim and of course we get to several more later lisa and jen were sitting right next to each other in the van i think Lisa wants the, she's so busy trying to produce, uh, she forgets that this is supposed to be a reality show and we are only supposed to suspend disbelief, but so much. We saw these ladies leave the beauty bar and then get into the van and were preparing to ride together um, and go on their vacation. Everybody looked cool and, and calm and whatever. Now, that's not to say that she probably didn't have in her back pocket a plan to confront uh, Jen once they got to Vail. I mean, I'm sure that's how she planned it with her producer. But at least from what we saw with our own eyes, no, you know, conjecture, we saw Lisa in that van with Jen and and Heather and Whitney, and they were all fine. They were all going on vacation. Oh, and Jenny, they were all going on vacation. And as far as they were concerned, the only people who they were kind of globally anti at that point was Mary and Meredith because Mary and Meredith decided to fly there, right? Or, or no, Meredith was going ahead because she went right. to prepare the rented house and Mary flew there. But Lisa was fine. In fact, wasn't it Lisa that Jen asked to take her um, take her equipment off? Was that Lisa or Whitney who took her equipment off? I thought it was Lisa. I can't remember, but there was no beef. Like no. at that point, there was, there was no, oh, I'm so hurt or any of that there was yeah like i can totally understand as delusional as jen is about a lot of stuff and and as as delusional as we thought she was in she was in first season we are seeing a whole other level to that delusion in season two because whether you believe she did it or not the fact that she has an inability to understand why people would react the way that they are. Even if they do believe her, it is still something that is very jarring that would make people be kind of effed up for a minute while they're figuring all of this out. Not to mention the fact that, as we know, she initially went dark and didn't take people's calls, even though we know Lisa wasn't trying to call her, obviously. But it's just the point that at least initially you didn't take people's calls, you changed your number and what have you. But then when you're ready to reach out for support, 
everybody's supposed to to immediately pick up the phone and be on the we love you we support train but that's a whole separate area of uh, area of delusion and and i suspect as well i i don't suspect i know we will continue to see that with Jinshaw probably right up and through the reunion which by the way uh we probably need to keep a lookout for photos they are recording the reunion this week i did see a report about that so but at any rate uh we didn't see any issues between them lisa is 100% full of it you didn't answer the phone because you were still trying to figure out what was going on, all of this with the lawyers and all of this nonsense you had going on. Lisa wanted out. Lisa, as you and I discussed in the last episode, Lisa positioned herself next to the two people who were the, the standout stars of the show because that would give her airtime and give her more of a like solidify her on the show even if it solidified her as sort of the middle friend or whatever but things got a little too hot in the kitchen as it relates to both of their mess more so um more so Jen I think the issue with Mary is a little bit different and we'll get to that in a minute but things got a little too hot in the kitchen and all of those as uh phone calls three four times a day that she was making the Jen to solidify herself as Jen's only friend essentially um yeah I could see why Jen would be thrown off that we go from talking three times a day to you not taking my calls for two weeks and I have to say, like, all of a sudden you're so upset and this is your friend, right? But I was always struck by the fact that, like, if I'm on a party bus or something and I learn that my friend got picked up by, like, Coleman Security, everything else, I would not, my lawyer would not be my first call. And I am a lawyer. Exactly. Like, that's a little, but that's what she was doing. I mean, if I recall, she had multiple lawyers on the phone. And it's like, girl, by all of them are not personal lawyers you and your husband have on retainer when y'all live in, in that little house with, no, with, no, uh, with nothing on the walls and all the walls are white. So, girl, stop. Um, <laughs> you, those, just like you and I, um it, we we're well in our case we are lawyers so we have friends who are lawyers but even if you're not a lawyer if you are like it, at least went to school or um you know and i mean like went uh to college or are in their case probably middle class like mid to upper middle class of course you have friends who are lawyers they don't have to be on retainer you have friends who are lawyers even if I wasn't a lawyer, I would have friends who are lawyers because that's where I am in my life in terms of who I associate with. But if that was my true friend, that would not be my first call. Oh, I, I mean, moment. absolutely not. Now, now we know that. I mean, you are you're absolutely right in that in in that part. Um, but but the bottom line is, Lisa was full of crap, and to me, at this point. The woman tried to reach you for a couple of weeks and you didn't answer. You might as well tell the truth. It's not like she doesn't know. 
if I go from talking to somebody two or th- two or three times a day, I get picked up from the feds and they don't answer my calls for a couple of weeks. I already know why they're not taking my calls. So when we finally have a conversation, you might as well tell me the truth. Yeah, I mean, I just think everybody's full of shit. And then to make herself the victim. And by the way, just a a note that, again, I think a lot of people missed in let's remember the the start of that conversation. Lisa invites Jen to a photo shoot where her children are present and you tell this person who you know have a t- has a tendency to pop off that you and or one of the ladies in your friend group is in contact with or have or building a relationship with professional or otherwise somebody who outed me on uh, on the internet and may or may not be suing me. And again, remember, you're telling, you're not telling a normal friend and an, even a normal non-pop-off friend would probably be aggravated, but you're telling a friend who does have a tendency to pop off. And on top of that, Lisa said his name, which they bleeped out. So obviously there was an agreement among them that they wouldn't say his name because even Bravo bleeped out his name. And so you invited this person to, to this place where your children were. And as usual, you decided that you wanted to produce a scene and lost control of it in front of your kids. And now she's wrong for getting mad about something you knew she was going to get mad about that you brought up in front of your kids. So aside from the fact that Lisa is on BS for make trying to use that to make herself the victim, look at what she's trying to make herself the victim about. It, it was it was like very unfortunate and only went downhill first. Only yeah. went downhill further as the episode wore on. But we oh haven't God, gotten I gotta to that drink part some yet. of my water. I'm sitting here getting riled up, and I don't like any of these people. I don't either. So, <laughs> but I'll let you lead. I'll let you lead through the, the this episode. Okay. So, all right. So, next, uh, we see Jenny go to Meredith's obviously rented house, but it's a cool house. And as it, first of all, I put this in my notes. Meredith looks like a totally different human being in her profession confessional. My God, the filters and the the camera work they use and the makeup for these professionals are something out of this world. It's like the stuff Nene Leakes uses on Instagram. Now, is this where she's wearing the orange, whatever that is? You know what? Get I up. didn't even write down what she was wearing. I just put in my notes because she has several confessional looks, but she just looked like a completely human being, different human being. This is the one where I would say her and Lisa look like they're twins. I think this is the one where she's wearing the <laughs> orange satin sleeveless low cut thing that I don't understand what she, what she's going for. But It's like uh, way too young for her. There's so many times where we don't understand what she's going for. And the crazy thing with her is when she's in her casual looks, 
a lot of her casual looks, like when she's inviting them to her house, like when she's in those browns and beiges, are cute things that I could see either you or I loving to wear, like to work or to brunch or whatever. Like when she wears stuff like the soft leather pants and stuff like that. So whoever dresses her casually, she's got some some nice stuff. It looks expensive, um, well put together. But the minute there is a function or a confessional or hell, even a brunch, she looks straight crazy. Yes, agreed. Agreed. And uh, at this brunch, well, it wasn't really a brunch. This is the one where they had... Um, where they had Jenny come over and, uh, you know, they were talking about the faux brunch. This is the one where Meredith had on the blazer that was just all about the boobs. Um, and yet another time when I noticed that Lisa and Meredith clearly got their faces by done by the same person because the resemblance is creepy and it gets creepier as the season go on because it seems like if I had to put money on it, I would guess that Meredith got tightened up a little bit more uh, after season one, like they all do. And it made her look even more like Lisa, since Lisa is probably about eight to 10 years younger than her. Um, But uh, anyway, the only thing that stood out there is they dressed up G- uh, Jenny. Now, I love Jenny in the dominatrix outfit just because her body looked banging in it. However, I can't stand it when folks insist on making uh, women of Asian descent blonde. I can't stand it when they do it to themselves or when other people do it to them. That blonde wig, I don't care what they said, that thing looked horrible now maybe dewey would like it because again you know it's like some fantasy of being with a different woman and all that i get it but it it looked that thing looked about as crazy as it would look if i put it on well you know the thing about like it's a cultural thing i mean oh, i know it definitely I, was at, is. I was at work one time and i was at lunch with some of my colleagues who are not african-american And they were talking about, one of them was saying that she, she's going gray now. And she says she's going to let her hair go gray, but she loved being blonde in the eighties because everybody wanted a blonde. Well, and, and in certain countries and stuff, that's still the case. I mean, when, uh, I have been binging, God help me. Um, I have been binging Love Island on Hulu, but the UK and Australian versions, because as we know, they do, they go all the way on everything, like just like on maths. I mean, they, every contest is somebody sticking their tongues down somebody's throats or whatever. And don't get me wrong, folks, it's not that I'm creepy. I mean, like they curse, they fight, like, you know, they, um, UK and um, Australian television, whether it's their regular TV shows, but most especially their reality shows, even when they are versions of the same ones that we have here, just go a whole step further, like even on their housewives shows, because again, 
they curse and you know whatever so um even in the fakery they're still more real but the point is I'm here, sitting here justifying why I watch those shows. Hell, I'm watching this nonsense. But the <laughs> point is, like, why am I justifying this? But uh, the point is that it is all about the whole blonde thing. I mean, there are men, I've watched men choose literally, in, in one, I was just watching uh, the Australian version, literally broke up with a much better looking, smarter, and less obviously crazy um, woman who was a brunette to be with a blonde who, number one, wasn't even a real blonde because her eyebrows were black, not remotely as attractive, but literally the words out of his mouth was because she was blonde and then he got to know her. Um, And then... Also, just every woman that comes in the house, because you know, on a lot of these shows like, you know, Paradise This and Love Island, whatever, they constantly will have people come in to shake things up. If it's a blonde, the women who are there are struck with the fear of God in their hearts. I mean, forget about what happens to the black women. We ain't even going to talk about that. But all of the women are struck with fear as if the devil is coming to take them to hell if a blonde comes anywhere nearby because that is still such tremendous currency there in, in these other countries, no matter so what I, they I, look like. So I really think that a lot of that was projection. I mean, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, they're projecting their culture onto Jenny, which I think becomes even more interesting later on in the action oh, for sure, in the interaction for sure. between Jenny and Mary. But like I think there is a lot of projection on to Jenny about a lot of stuff uh culturally. Interestingly enough, it didn't happen with Jen, but I think that they were struck so dumb with fear of Jen from day one that <laughs> I don't think they think of her as Asian, uh, well, of, you know, Pacific Islander, really, of, uh, of Tongan descent, Pacific Islander, Asian. They don't think of her as anything but like she, I think Jen is probably one of the few people that despite the fact that she makes it clear that she embraces the fact that she is a minority and that she married someone who is black. I think part of that is because she grew up poor in an area where, you know, in around all these white people that because of both class and race, and we know about the whole Mormon thing when it comes to non-white people, they will colonize you and make you a part of their religion, but you are still less than. Um, so I think she didn't have a choice but to see herself as other. But as far as on this show, um, I will hand it to her in that she made her personality and brand so big that they just don't give her those, they, they don't give her that smoke. Now, Mary does Mary out of does. ignorance, but that's a whole that's other a whole situation. Other situation. <laughs> you never lied about Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, let's go to Jen. So we did talk about the lunch. And really, I don't think very much came out of that lunch other than, and I'm only just going in order of the show just to make sure that we don't skip anything. Because um, once we get to the brunch, we're staying there. Um, so they went to... They went to the lunch. There really wasn't much more than what you and I talked about. I mean, it was pretty much, oh gosh, I'm getting an echo. It was pretty much, I missed you. You didn't reach out to me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the next thing we know, as Lisa, however much it may make us crazy, is so adept at doing, she flips it to being all about her, which even Jen was like, well, damn. And by the time it ended, Lisa kind of came out of it uh, like a rose in as much as you can. But since Jen is desperate for support, it's not like she could turn it down, if that makes any sense. But so ultimately, Lisa was able to flip it to say, okay, then how do you, and I even wrote down this quote because I was like, I mean, you know, she's like, okay, so how do you want me, then how do you want me to be there for you now? And after you have a conversation like that, you really don't even have an answer. So Lisa kind of came out of that conversation ahead because then she could say, well, I offered my support to you and and you couldn't even really tell me what it is that you need. So I'm good. That, that Lisa person, I mean, like I said, I don't ride with any of these women, but she's becoming so transparent in the worst way possible. You know, even when Jen left that situation, it's clear to her that this is not a friend. Yeah. Now we have a, a side conversation, uh, with her and Sharif. Cause we've seen Sharif, uh, looking, more and more haggard. His black is cracking tremendously in every episode. Um, although I get, I, I kind of think that a lot of these scenes with him were probably taped all at the same time because he still has a job. So I think a lot of these scenes were probably taped within a couple of days of each other, if not the same day. Was, okay, wait a minute. Come off mute. Okay. It was Ramadan. So it could oh, be Oh, yeah, that. he would have been home. And he wouldn't have been eating. <laughs> so, or drinking. So there's that, too. Well, no. If they're in the evening, he could eat. Remember, that's why he was so excited in the episode before about the chicken. It probably wasn't just the fact that it was chicken. It was the fact that it was after sundown, so he could eat. Right, but in this episode when they were praying, I think they were doing evening prayer and like the talking or whatever they were having. You yeah. know. So Um, but yeah, but if if well, if it was after sundown, he's good. If nothing else, I mean, I think there's some there's no question there's some shade with him. Uh I and nobody's going to convince me otherwise. There's I mean, there's shade with both of them like finds like but um, I, I don't doubt that he is devout. If nothing else, that, that was always clear even in season one. Um, 
she probably less so unless he's around, but he uh, is certainly devout. I, I, I don't think that that part is fake. Um, they talked about getting a smaller pay, place so they could pay less rent for Jen's defense. Um, as I put in my notes, I was distracted. I just wanted to yank that wig off her head. Um, Jen, while like many women, um, you know, probably gets extensions to make her hair look fuller, but extensions notwithstanding, Jen has beautiful hair. I don't right. think she has a bad set of hair at all. Maybe now it could be that she does go out of her way to get her hair done for her scenes and given the stress of things, maybe needed a dye job on on some gray roots or something because her and these wigs just make zero sense to me. This and, one and, and the one she wore at Whitney's party. But also it's a whole pandemic, even though these women are pretending like it's not. It is. It is so. But that that hasn't stopped them from using their glam squads. Hell, Jen was with a whole glam squad right before she got arrested. That's how we saw her hair <laughs> and knew that she had cornrows even before the store. I'm serious. Even before the photos came out of her leaving the courthouse, Jen had literally just been posting her hair on Instagram and letting everybody know she was trying, she had just gotten her her braids done. She was going to veil because you know us sisters, we get our hair braided before we go on vacation. So, <laughs> so she had just gotten her veil braids and, you know, was sitting in glam at, you know, because remember they were at the beauty spa anyway. And so she was just doing glam. Well, maybe she's just like that. Erica Jane. Uh, well, exactly. Well, and again, uh, let's face it, her uh, she's had a rough couple of weeks. And, and while I have never been indicted by the feds, I've certainly, like you, have had some things happen in my life that stress me out enough to jack up my hair in a very short amount of time. <laughs> like for real, for real. <laughs> yes, I have had. You know, like them roots can go gray. Just you stay pissed off for about an extra three, four days longer than usual after a certain age. So, yeah. So. Now I'm fully gray, but like when I get angry, my natural hair becomes even wilder and bigger. There's no taming it. Yeah. My emotions yeah. affect the yeah, volume. It gets wiry. My... Definitely. Yeah, it's crazy. So after this, Lisa and Whitney do something that I want us to do just to say we did it, <laughs> which is I was watching this. I said, <laughs> I said, Melissa and I need to record like our first YouTube episode doing this. <laughs> the paddleboard yoga. What is so ridiculous? <laughs> okay. So first of all, I have paddleboarded <laughs> before, but I haven't done paddleboard yoga but just regular paddle boarding is enough for me to know that, girl, you will be alone by yourself. But regular yoga is hard enough. Like, you got to balance on a paddle board. You got to balance doing yoga. Like, and you're trying to put them both together. And then the place that they were, I mean, it was cute from a, a scenic standpoint. You know, they, it looked like they were like in a cave or something. 
but it wasn't even a big enough pool. Like I was genuinely concerned that if one of them fell over the right way or the wrong way, rather, they would like bust their head open on like the side of what, like the whole thing was so ridiculous, but in a cool, this is why we watch housewives to see them do ridiculous things that aren't necessary aren't necessarily about fighting or whatever let me tell you the worst thing about paddle boarding and why i'm like that's a no for me is that when you fall off of that paddle board there's no graceful way to get back on uh no and Not so that is why that's a no <laughs> that's a no for me dog that's a it no for me <laughs> hilarious so basically not a big uh not a whole lot there um other than lisa again being the typical like mary called her in episode 15 two-faced because whitney told her that she spoke to cameron which i swear her lisa's face was if she didn't have so much Botox and fillers, I can only imagine because you could see like her her face almost changed because she was so angry with the mere fact that Whitney spoke to Cameron. Because as we know from seeing how she how possessive she is of Meredith. Lisa is one of those people who feels like if someone is her friend or even her connection or her contact, that they are her property. It's kind of like if I were to put it in housewives terms, and I know it's not for you, but for the audience, it's kind of like the whole underpinning of the conflict between Sharice and Monique on um on potomac in that whole you know she tried to bust into my circle no when you brought her around you said that you were introducing her to uh to this friend group as well as introducing her to people in potomac but obviously it became clear based on the way that sharice feels about her is that is only okay if i am doing the introducing and you still stay in this place as my little sister so your entree in this world is never going to be hey monique is going to be hey sharice's friend monique or hey lady that she introduced us to monique because ultimately this whole thing and these connections and contacts and whatever are mine only to share with you in the manner that I like. And in this case, as we know, um, Lisa certainly had full intentions on Whitney meeting Cameron because as we know, in putting all, in connecting all the dots, Lisa's deliberately invited only meredith and whitney to her chat to her son's charity event with the express right. purpose of them meeting cameron however that interaction for lisa the producer who can never keep control of her scenes 
that interaction was only supposed to be under the conditions that she set for him to tell you what I want, what I have set up for him to tell you. And then I'll handle the rest of how we're going to deal with Mary. But can I just tell you that like Whitney is really getting on my nerves. She is like the biggest Karen of Karens. Okay, we get it. Mary has this stronghold over her church, right? I feel like they have enough evidence on Mary or whatever to do whatever they're going to do, but they just keep rehashing it, rehashing it. I don't know what they're waiting for or expecting. Well, I think it's one of those, and we've seen this with uh, with some other shows, and it's not until you get a character who is bold enough to cut through and be like, oh, I don't care about this heifer. I'll be the one to do it. Um, it, You know, not every show has that character. Like we've seen this on, let's say Atlanta, where everybody is talking and talking and talking about something, uh, let's say, as it relates to a a character like a Nini, who um, I don't think they're necessarily afraid of her per se, because we know that like Candy and them aren't afraid of her, but it's more or less like, you know, maybe not wanting the conflict because they know how she can be. And, you know, at least for a time, she had a certain power at Bravo with because of her relationship with Andy. And it's not unless or until you have a character who's like, I don't care about any of that. I'm going to confront the hoe. You know, it's like a Kenya who's going to be like, uh, since she doesn't like me anymore anyway, I'll be the one to, you know, throw that rock. Whereas Portia and Phaedra are going to just talk about it and dance around it and whatever. Well, she was our friend, but now she's not our friend anymore. And then you get a Kenya who's like, Heffa, what's going on? Because nobody likes you anymore. You know, that kind of thing. They don't have that person on this show. That that person on this show is Jen, but Jen's got her own stuff going on. <laughs> yes, Lord, she does. So yes, because Lord. as we know, Lisa is uh Lisa is uh again, she's trying to shadow produce, but not actually own it as to coin a phrase from another housewife, uh, Lisa Rena. Whereas we, if we saw Nene producing scenes, Nene would own that she was setting stuff up. Now she, depending on what it was, she might try to, you know, finesse it a little bit, but ultimately, you know, she'd be like, okay, yeah, I said it, a charade. Yeah, I carried that bone. Um, but they Lisa, confronted Lisa won't Mary. Own she would carry the bone. But they confronted Mary and Vale, right? Or did they, I miss that? No, they, excuse me, they did. Um, but I think that, remember, you still had Jenny attempting to be the voice of reason saying, what is it that you really know? What is the real truth here? Um, you know, all of that. And I also just think that this goes back, some of this goes to the culture of this show and the church, which last season was the seventh housewife, but now this year the eighth, since there's seven of them. Um, or is there six of them? How many of them are there now? We've got a... I have to count. Lisa. Two Jen, Lisa, yeah, two Whitney, Jens. Heather. 
Wait, two gens, Lisa, Whitney, Heather, Meredith. Meredith. Okay, so the church is the seventh housewife, whereas last year I used to say the church was the sixth housewife. I think that part of why this is so perplexing to most of the viewing audience in terms of the level of seriousness with this, especially in comparison to Jen Shaw, is because of where it is and the fact that the church plays such a larger role in their whole culture um, there as opposed to it just being like a part of their lives. The church for, at least for the Mormons, is life. Like it can make a difference between you speaking or whether or not you speak to your sister for 17 years. Right. You know, right. so, um, and and it, Heather and Whitney in particular are the ones who um, are come from Mormonism, not uh, converted to it or anything like that, but truly bred deep. Um, so I don't think that's all of it, but I definitely think their, um, their issue when it comes to church is a lot more of a sensitive issue than it is for other people, especially when they make that Mary versus Jen comparison. Um, so it, so I, but I do think that that's part of it, even though not necessarily all, and let's face it, it's a storyline because honestly, we have to, uh, look at the bigger issue. Um, and we talked about this <clears throat> in the last episode, which is that they know in advance what the general direction of the storyline is going to be and where they're going to take it. And not just the, the women know, I mean, this is all mapped out with the producers and whatever. This was going to be the season of Mary and, and all of that. And, and actually, um, and, and as we know, the Jin Shah thing literally fell into their laps, which, you know, from the reality TV gods, as far as Bravo is concerned, but again, it is still very much at the beginning for them with the gen thing in terms of their understanding as opposed to where we are now. Whereas with Mary, they kind of had this all planned and mapped out and what have you. And honestly, let's face it, if it wasn't for Jen just happening to get arrested during it um, at the beginning of... Uh, not at the beginning, but during this season, all they would have is this Mary storyline because there's literally nothing else going on. It's either Jen or Mary. Yeah, they're all a little boring, even though I think, I, I will say this, out of all of these women, the only character that I think I like as a character is Heather, but I know uh -huh. I wouldn't like her in real life. I would not like her in real life. But she's the yeah, only person I've, on the show who's has redeeming qualities. Yes. I like Heather as a character. I would go out with Whitney. Because uh, Whitney likes to party. Now, again, I, you know, in not necessarily now, but, you know, if I wanted to get my party on, uh, I'd go out with Whitney. And we know Heather likes to party, too, because Heather is uh, sowing the oats that she didn't get to sow in her 20s. So Heather, I think, would be a good time, too. But, I mean, not long term. We just go and out with them a couple of times in Vegas, and that would be the end of it. And I was really touched by the scene with her and her brother. I was, was too. That, I was. that episode, I was really touched by that. I, I, I really was. 
And I'm glad that they included that. And um, it just hit me out of nowhere, that scene. Um, that you was know what? A lot. I'm glad you brought that up. That was a great scene. It really um, uh, drove things home. Um, I, I think Heather really, uh, in her own way, does give um, in terms of from a reality show standpoint, uh, in terms of giving us her life, like what, you know, this evolution she's going through started last year, opening up about her sister, because that doesn't make her look great, you know, but she she let it be shown the situation um, with her brother and even Whitney with the situation with their father. I think, you know, if, if no, no other characters are truly giving Whitney and Heather from a reality standpoint definitely gave. It's just a matter of whether or not they're giving anything that people are interested in because it's not particularly dramatic and all of that stuff that, you know, people have come to expect from these shows. But in terms of giving parts of their lives that compared to not just everybody on this show, but even hell, anybody, everybody on any of these Housewives shows, their stuff um, has been some of the most real, even if it's not entertaining. I agree. I definitely agree. You know, people are like, oh, I'm tired of hearing about Heather and her religion and whatever. That's her life. She's on a reality show. This is what she's dealing with. She's not fighting with these women who in real life she's not really friends with 24 hours a day. This is actually her life and it's actually real life. I appreciate that about her. I definitely do. I mean, as opposed to Jenny, who I feel like all of her stuff is manufactured, but that's yeah. a whole nother thing. But yeah, exactly. The stuff with Whitney and her father very real. Now this season, yes, she's definitely getting more into the reality TV mess, but I have a feeling that, again, that was one of those uh, situations where um, Bravo probably told her to beef it up. I would imagine that a talk was had with Whitney where it was said, look, you're not a least favorite, but you're not the favorite. It's clear that Heather is the favorite in terms of likability. I'm talking about coming out of last season. Heather is the favorite in terms of likability. Jen is the star just for being the star. You kind of fall somewhere in the middle, which is still not necessarily where you want to be when we know that there are other women who would give their right arm to be on this show. So yes, the thing with your dad was great and whatever, but because other than that, you sort of fall in the middle and you're young and your relationship isn't, you're not really tight, tight with anybody, you got to give something else. And I think that that is why we're getting this, uh, a lot of this stuff from Whitney, because uh, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I, no, I think no, that, right. yeah, I, I think that Whitney's role is very, um, is very production driven, very, um, I need to make sure that I secure a season three because I did not fall on the map anywhere. Um, 
because we had Lisa. She wasn't all that last season, but she did. If you didn't get much from Lisa last season, we definitely saw glimpses of the fact that she could be a troublemaker, mainly because of the the little game she played with Heather and Whitney. Um, Meredith was riding on the sort of uh, matriarch of the show, even if boring. And then, of course, Heather um, Heather solidified her position of being because of being a fan favorite, and Jen solidified her position because of being crazy. Whitney, great storyline with her father, but other than that, did not truly solidify her seat, her position. Um, and, and I, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because she, in terms of real life, she damn sure gave more than Lisa and Meredith did, but she just fell in the middle. And then of course, Mary gets the snowflake just for being crazy. So she, I, I think this is just really her showing that she could charade it up. That's because that's what this is. It's her being charade. Can, can we pivot for a second to Meredith? Because mm-hmm. I'm of two minds about Meredith. On the one, I feel Meredith when she's like, what don't y'all understand? Okay. Y'all are inviting I'm so Jen, glad you brought this up because we are going to the photo brunch right now. Right. But then on the other hand, I'm like, Meredith, are you delusional enough to think? that these women knowing that Jen is the hot storyline are just not going to invite her to stuff. Like, are you confused? I don't know. I'd love to hear. Uh, I was looking forward to this Meredith. I say it. And I, I was screaming at my television when she said it for brunch. And so I was ready to throw a shoe when she said it at this past, uh, this past event. Once again, calling BS on Meredith, and and we we'll, we're going to move fast through fifteen because fourteen we got to we still got a lot to cover with this brunch, and you know the thing cuts us off. But anyway, Meredith is is just full of it. Bottom line is, you don't film, you don't get paid. She wasn't in that episode enough that it would have made a difference. You get paid for showing up and and being on those episodes. They got a call sheet. Let's stop playing the games. These women have already knocked down the fourth wall enough. So, and and because they there's so much fake stuff and overproducing, there's no point in not talking about it the way it is. These folks get a call sheet just like any other scene, like doing a movie or a television show. You know exactly what you're walking into. So you said it once, okay, fine. I don't want to hear it every single time you show up somewhere and Jen is going to be there. These are group scenes, group events. You knew that she was inviting the group. She said that she was inviting the group. What about that did you miss? She said, I'm inviting everyone. You said, who are you inviting? She said, everybody. She sure did. Now, yeah. So was she assuming that because Jen was given what Jen is going through and that, you know, some people she's spoken to, some people she hasn't. And we know that the way that they, a lot of times, the way that we see these scenes are out of order from the way that they're filmed. So perhaps when things were initially discussed, there was still like a gap in that whole area of, who had spoken to Jen and who hadn't, I don't know. But if I say everybody, 
then you just have to assume that everybody's going to be there. We got a call sheet and she, and, and, and she wants her check just like I want mine, which is why I'm going. You are not a victim. This was Meredith's first entry into I'm a victim too uh, here because Jen is going to be here. When you know that you're not going to engage anyway, which she did. And, and quite frankly, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't mad at Meredith about the way that she handled both this interaction with Jen as well as the interaction with Jen on season 15. I mean, I'm sorry, on episode 15, heaven forbid, 15 seasons of these people. Um, I'm just annoyed at the idea that she keeps saying it because we know what time it is. Not mad at the interaction. She came and she did what we always expect Meredith to do. Meredith doesn't bring smoke unless somebody brings smoke to her first. She talks a good game, but Meredith was not going to get in Jen's face or get into any conflict with Jen unless Jen started a conflict with her. And in and, and which case she would do like she always does and leaves. I mean, I'm, I'm that person where when I'm done with people, I'm done with them and they can be sitting across the table from me or not. You know what I mean? But. And I agree you know, with you in real life. I agree with you 100%. If I tell you don't invite me to stuff you're inviting her to. I don't, uh, then just don't because I don't want to interfere with your event. We're not going to go back and forth on RSVPs and who did and who did. Well, is she coming? Ain't she coming? You know, like kind of like that whole maneuvering around that, um, remember Karen did with uh, Candace and Monique, where it turns out Monique did come to the event, but she came early and Karen told them different times. And all I'm not doing all that. So somebody's got to come, somebody's not. So if this is something I'm inviting Meredith to, Meredith has already told me how she felt, then I'm not inviting Jen, vice versa. In the case of Jenny, she's not close to either one of them. Everybody gets an opportunity to have an event on the housewife show and this was Jen's event, Jenny's event. It is what it is, but I agree with you. If I have determined that I'm not messing with you, um, unless it's a table for two or four, cause that's still a little close. Um, but if we're at an event, we could literally be sitting at a table like that, a table of seven, eight, ten, and I will have a perfectly good time. If you're going to be bothered by the fact that I'm there, that's on you because I'm not going to go someplace where I don't intend to have a good time. As far as I'm concerned, you're wallpaper. Look, I'm a, I'm a champ at ignoring people in their face. So yep. I'm good at yep. it. I'm really and good I'm, at it. And I'm so good at it. People, there are people who I didn't have a fight with and don't know. I don't like them. And uh, it's not about phony or whatever. Cause I'm still not going to do the, the, the air kiss and a hug or whatever, you know, a polite conversation because they're part of the group and uh, that's whatever. I'm not going to specifically uh, interact with them, but you know, I'm not going to leave a conversation just because somebody that I don't mess with walked up and I'm certainly not going to um, disengage from things unless it's, unless it's really intimate or, you know, there's some other issues afoot, but you know, if, if we aren't in a situation where like 
as folks say, it's on site, I'm good. And we know Meredith ain't on site. Jen is sometimes, but we know Meredith ain't. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had Thanksgiving with some people. It was on site, but I, I kept my cool. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's, uh, so how, so of course they come to the place. It's beautiful. We expect it to be beautiful. Um, let's start with when it first came, because there was a comment that folks are bringing up, especially in light of, of the Mary thing. Now, I'm going to mention this because I feel like again, it needs to be addressed, but I don't feel like just because one person does something, it negates the fact that another person did something, even if nobody acknowledges it. And that is when Heather came in, she said to, um, you know, of course, everybody told Jenny uh, she looked beautiful, which she did. And Heather said, you look like an anime character. Now, and I forgot about that. (laughs) And some people are trying to toss that in there in um, in much the same way as um, as Mary talking about her eyes. I just don't see it the same. If you are dressed in, I I get that um, when someone is dressed in their cultural garb. It's still, you know, you're still walking into that kind of icky area of mentioning their garb, and because it's re- it, it's related to their culture, it may come off as offensive. Absolutely. However, I do think that if someone is dressed up in certain attire let's say she was dressed in um now granted she's vietnamese everybody i know that i'm just saying if it was somebody for of of asian descent maybe if they were from mainland china and they uh decided wait a minute before i screw this up where's geisha uh, geisha's come from is it uh is that chinese or japanese Japanese. japan Okay, so Japanese. Okay, so let's say they're from mainland Japan and they put on the full garb, which is traditionally looked at by everybody, you know, white face, whole nine yards, hair up, big bun, nine, everything, kimono. And I said, wow, you are really pulling off this whole geisha thing. Like, because I mean, it's just whatever. That is what you look like, whether you intended to do it or not. That is not the same thing as talking about somebody's eyes or imitating the way that they speak. That is an entire look that is endemic to that particular thing. So I also so- think I also think that poor Mary, I mean, her track record for saying for microaggressions plus. Yes. Racial yeah. microaggressions plus because honestly, I was done with her about the whole Mexican thing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. 
Or even, you know, last year where Jen Shaw got after her about the 7-Eleven and black men or whatever. So, like, yeah. So, the whole thing with Jenny with the slanty eyes, I'm not, you know, making any excuses. But I feel like Jenny doesn't ride with her anyway. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. So... Yeah, I'm just, and that's all she had to latch on to. But that's just me. But go ahead. Sorry. No, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm just, and and that's why I addressed the Heather thing first, because technically she did say that. And, well, not technically, she did say that. And I've heard many instances where people are trying to equate the two things. First of all, you can't tell people what to be and not to be offended about. And that's another thing that came out of all of this and, and these discussions online or whatever. Just as a black person, don't tell me whether or not to be offended about a little black boy wearing a sweatshirt with a monkey on it. Then don't, uh, then I'm not going to tell a person of Asian descent that they should or shouldn't be bothered by um, a comment about their eyes and or that they should or shouldn't be bothered by a comment about them looking like an anime character when they know that based on what they are wearing, the makeup, the hair, the whatever, that is exactly the way that anime uh, that is exactly what people's vision of anime characters look like even if she is vietnamese she's of asian descent and she wore an outfit that made her look that way and aren't there entire conventions where everybody strives to dress like an anime character uh, absolutely <laughs> absolutely okay. i was I just- mortified i was mortified on so many different levels. And I think I told you that when uh, my son graduated from the the year of his graduation and we went to Boston for a teen conference, um, you know, for what? And it just so happens that it was at like the main hotel convention center in Boston, the one that's attached to the shopping mall during freaking Comic-Con. And when I went into the mall to go to, where did I get this ridiculously expensive bow tie from? It was either Neiman Marcus or Bloomingdale's, whichever one they had, had it. And I was walking through the mall and not only did I see people dressed as all manner of characters, most of which were anime characters, of course. And why? I, I, I felt like it was it was an assault on me. It seemed like everybody who decided that the character they wanted to be was anime was a man who was white and weighed a minimum <laughs> of 275 pounds. In a belly shirt that barely came past their man boob nipples, little skirts, pink pigtails, the whole nine yards. I wish that some of them wore uh, kimonos or something. At least that would have covered it up. So yes, and that was just for Comic-Con, but yes, there are, uh, as we know, conventions that are specifically for anime because it is so insanely popular. Now, 
Okay, so we get to the lunch. Mary comes uh, Mary comes late, but it doesn't seem like they had really gotten into much because at that point, really until Mary got there, they were all just kind of sitting there. And even when Whitney made that comment to, um, to whispered, you know, talk whispered that comment to Heather about people being phony, as we know, because none of them were going to actually admit anything at that point, um, especially since uh, Whitney and, and Heather had already met with Jen the day before, because remember they showed the clip, um, or Whitney had met with Jen the day before. Um, it was only until Mary came that everything went to the left because Mary, which was still so crazy to me, Mary decided that she wanted to be Billy Badass because she still has this stick up her butt as it relates to Whitney, decided to call Whitney out and then proceed to lie. And I mean, just <laughs> a stream of lies that just didn't make any sense on any conceivable level because you do not like this woman this woman knows you don't like her so there it would be no surprise whatsoever to her nor any reason for her to really be upset about the fact that you bask in the glow of her arrest because you don't like her and she don't like you the last time we saw interaction between mary <laughs> i'm trying not to laugh and it's making me laugh already between mary and jen was when jen tried to put out an olive branch and say we should get our families together <laughs> mary was like no we're not gonna do that Remember well, the party? Do you think, do you, I remember the party. So do you think, okay, so, so this is my question. Do you think that Mary is just so crazy she doesn't remember half the stuff she says? Or do you, do you think she is a liar? I think she's a liar. Okay, okay. I think that Mary, um, as we talked about before, has this thing where she thinks she's superior and better than these women. And she is used to, in her normal environment, she is used to intimidating people to not question her or not go against her. And um, even with this group of women, excuse me, excuse me, if there had not been um, other issues that had occurred between them and her like fairly recently, like within that last week or so when they went to Vail, they probably would not have contradicted her either. They would have talked, they would have talked about it. They um, maybe Heather would have told Whitney later she was lying. But I think because they were already somewhat in conflict, particularly with Whitney, um, that, it, and even her call, even her calling Whitney out by saying, what are you saying? Even that was adding, um, fuel to the fire of her conflict with Whitney. Plus you had the fact that unlike the rest of them, Jenny is not afraid of her and Jenny doesn't like her. So I think that that was, um, I think that she actually, even in that moment, if those other conflicts had not occurred so closely to that brunch, 
I think she would have gotten away with it then because remember, there have been times where Mary has punked these women. And um, she, it, she's she done it several times. Exactly. So I, I think that this is just, um, I think that this is just what she does. If she wants to stand in her ish, she stands in it. And if she doesn't want to stand in her ish, she stands in it. And I think at that moment, she just decided that for whatever reason, which is again, crazy because you don't like this woman and this woman doesn't like you. So it, I mean, you know, it, it's ridiculous. Um, it's it, so she just, she just flat out lied. I think she knew she was lying. And, and remember, this is not the first time she lies. Mary lies all the time, which is crazy because she also on the flip side, when people call her a liar, it seems to be one of several triggers she has. I suspect that people calling her crazy is probably a trigger for her too, because it happens all the time. So, um, at, and, and probably dumb, illiterate, a couple other things too, but at any rate, um, but that's why I'm wondering whether she just is that baddie. She forgets, you know? Uh, no, because uh, I no, think that in the ways that she readily displays a lack of education and, and ignorance, she is savvy in other ways in terms of a certain level of street smarts to get where she is and to have maintained that for what, how long she's been married to her granddaddy, uh, 22 years now. So, um, it, and remember, even that whole situation with her and the church and all of that, all of that is all game. So she's, she has that like pimps, pimp type street smart where there's no like education or travel to it or whatever, other than like Miami, New Orleans and Florida, uh, maybe a couple of Caribbean islands, right. but, um, you know, they know enough to, uh, because they got the cash, they can go in, the, in the high end stores and buy stuff. Um, but they're ignorant, you know, it's, it's, it's like a Floyd Mayweather type thing. So, yeah. 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 So, but I, but no, I, I think she just flat out lies when it suits her and she is used to not being questioned. And these women have shown that up until recently that she can punk them. She did it season one in even just in the few times she was around them, she did it in season two. I mean, even in her fights with Jen, they were largely left unresolved because Jen got it, said what she had to say. Mary had said what she had to say, but she didn't let Jen punk her. They just kind of have this uneasy truce until the next issue comes up. Well, so I, um, I think now her and Jenny are going to get into it, but go so at, at any rate, I think that, I mean, so they go back and forth, you know, again, we don't have to spell that out. Mary decides that she's going to leave. Um, Lisa, once again, still winning the making it about making it about me uh, contest. So once again, she says to Meredith, uh, so you're because Mer Meredith, of course, makes it about her for a hot second. And then Meredith it, and Lisa's like, so you're talking about me? You're talking, I think you're talking about me. I think you're talking about me. And, you know, in fairness to Meredith, not a big fan. I, Meredith was really talking about all of them. And 
Meredith was actually talking real cash money ish when she was saying, look, I'm not saying that I'm cool with her. And I say that to her face <clears throat> and I'll say it to your face that I talked about you because you already know where I stand with you. I, I'm not effing with you like that. And, and pretty much Jenny said the same thing. Um, even though Jenny was the least culpable because she actually was trying to <clears throat> say, okay, innocent until proven guilty type thing. But at any rate, what Meredith was saying did have merit. If you all are going to be her friend and support her, then do that. Like, I'm not even cool with her. And I think it's effed up that y'all are literally sitting in front of her fighting about which one of her alleged friends, i.e. you, said the worst things about her at the darkest point in her life. That is kind of crazy. <laughs> it was insane. It, it was and, and insane. That's what made this was truly housewives gold because we've seen fights before, but at the core of this fight is you had women literally fighting in front of the person about the fact that they are her friends but when the darkest moment of her life happened which one of them said the worst things about her but we're still your friends and we support you we just want to get this straight about that i mean it was, it was just so crazy so quote of the night i think i mean i can't imagine there's anybody on the planet who wouldn't agree quote of the night is Jen walks away and of all people to go and comfort her, Mary, but again, just the, the craziness that's Mary. And Mary said, I, I, I'm praying for you and I pray you will be found guilty. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. I mean, innocent. No, you that meant was guilty. Hilarious. You meant guilty. And like, if one thing is clear, right, when Whitney was talking about, you know, she feels like she's God or she can stick God on people. I mean, her very tagline is about that. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And, and then, you know, even the stuff she said in Veil is all of that. I mean, that's why I'm like, what more do you need from this lady? I mean... Your case is proven. Uh, I'm, I'm again by our own words. Your case is absolutely proven. You know what? We still got to finish this. We're going to do um, 15. It, guys, it's not going to be as long, but because I know that my system is going to cut us off, this is part one of episode 103. I hope that you will stick around for part two where we finish the faux love brunch from hell. <laughs> or as even Bravo called it, what the foe. And, <laughs> and we yeah. are going to come right back for part two of episode 103 again with episodes 14 and 15 to, uh, to talk about what the foe and jump right into 15. Um, so as always, make sure you follow us on 
all of my handles. You see everything in the info box. I'm not going to waste your time on all of that because I know that you are going to continue to listen to part two. And if you're listening live, just stay right there because we're going to go off and then we're going to come right back on. Okay, see you in a second.